Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're tuning into this podcast during this season of Lent. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. And now, may the light and peace of Christ be with us all as our worship begins. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. A very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist on this, the third Sunday of Lent. Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. 
We begin now with our opening prayer. Let us pray. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. The sacrifice of God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart God will not despise. Let us come to the Lord who is full of compassion and acknowledge our transgressions in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past, and grant that we may serve you in newness of life, to the glory of your name. Amen.
Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins, confirm and strengthen you in all goodness, and keep you in life eternal, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, whose most dear Son went not up to joy, but first he suffered pain, and entered not into glory before he was crucified, mercifully grant that we, walking in the way of the cross, may find it none other than the way of life and peace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Lord says this, Everyone who thirsts comes to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk, without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labour for that which does not satisfy? Hearken diligently to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in fatness. Incline your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call nations that you know not, and nations that knew you not shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians. I want you to know, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same supernatural food, and all drank the same supernatural drink. For they drank from the supernatural rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things are warnings for us, not to desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to dance. We must not indulge in immorality as some of them did, and twenty-three thousand fell in a single day. We must not put the Lord to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as a warning, but they were written down for our instruction, upon whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your strength, but with the temptation will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. There were some present at that very time who told Jesus of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those eighteen upon whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, Lo, these three years I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, Let it alone, sir, this year also till I dig about it and put on manure. And if it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Whenever anything cataclysmic happens somewhere in the world, whether as a direct consequence of human evil and violence, as in the horrific situation in Ukraine, or catastrophic natural disaster, which tragically is increasingly a common fact of life as a result of climate change, you can predict with a fair degree of certainty that God-related questions will crop up somewhere along the line. This is not only because of the sheer scale of such appalling events, which question any sense we might have of order and purpose in life, but also because of the wanton and indiscriminate suffering that they bring in their wake. When we hear of events in which the vulnerable and the innocent, the young and the old, the good and the bad, churchgoer and atheist alike are all wiped out in an instant without discrimination or differentiation, the perennial questions present themselves once more. In our own largely secular age, many will simply take it as further proof of the futility of any kind of belief in God at all. How could any God allow such a colossal tragedy to occur in the first place? But of course, questions remain for people of faith too. Why was this person allowed to escape when that person was not? And sometimes, and most worryingly of all, what did the victims do to deserve their fate? As we discover in our gospel reading this morning, 
such questions are far from new. The same question was asked of Jesus himself in the wake of a particularly appalling and wanton act of human savagery in his own day, namely the murder by the Roman governor Pilate of a number of Galileans whose deaths were the more shocking and appalling to their fellow countrymen because they took place in the context of religious observance. They were sacrificing to God at the time of their killing, so their own blood was mingled with that of their sacrificial animals. In other words, they were being dutiful, obedient Jews at the time of their murder. So why didn't God protect them? What sense could be made of this? The people around Jesus were far from alone in speculating that the victims must surely, at some level, have deserved their fate. They must have been more sinful than other Galileans for God to have allowed this to happen to them. Jesus is clearly very annoyed by this, which is why his retort to them is so sharp. And interestingly, he himself goes on to point out another rather different tragic event of his own day, the collapse of, the, of a tower at Siloam, which killed 18 people. So, one tragedy referred to in our Gospel reading was the result of wanton human barbarism. The other was a tragic accident. And Jesus is absolutely clear that none of this terrible suffering was due to the sinfulness of the victims, contrary to what those around him are trying to suggest. But note that what Jesus seems most annoyed about is not that they have come up with the wrong answer, but rather that they are presuming to speculate and pass judgment upon the behavior and fate of other people. There is nothing more dangerous in spiritual terms than for an individual or a group of people to observe a tragedy experienced by others and from the smug security enjoyed by those who know they have been spared, who then go on to pass judgment on why those victims must have had it coming all the time, while they themselves continue to bask in the cosy glow of their own self-righteousness. Because if they really did believe that God behaves in that kind of way, then it is they themselves who ought to feel very afraid because the greatest peril of the smugly self-righteous is that they lose sight of their own sinfulness and folly. Hence, Jesus's powerful and provocative retort to them. The idea that God singles out the sinful to be the victims of human tragedy or natural disaster and does so as some kind of punishment is completely false. It is simply not the way God works, as Jesus himself points out. And indeed, how could that be the case of a God whom we call Father? What kind of loving parent would feel the need to destroy his or her own child as a means of punishment? Can anyone really believe that of God, let alone the one whom we proclaim to be a God of love?
Surely not. And beyond that, the God of Jesus Christ is emphatically not a God who takes pleasure in punishing the innocent and the guilty indiscriminately either, which would liken him to being a particularly tyrannical kind of head teacher who delights in punishing the whole school in response to a misdemeanor committed by one individual within it. The God whom we encounter in and through Jesus Christ is not a God who hurls down buildings to crush people inside them, but rather a God who is there in the darkness beside them as the rubble falls. Because ours is a God who knows what it is to be the innocent victim of the worst kind of human cruelty and barbarity. Because ours is a God who embraced the horror and desolation of Calvary with us and for us. Ours is a God who reaches out his arms to the frightened, the desolate and the bereaved, the homeless, refugees, and who weeps with the lost and with the broken, and a God who sometimes fills the hearts of total strangers with the most profound and extraordinary compassion in response to the plight of the suffering. Ours is also a God who reserves his most severe judgment for the smugly self-satisfied and the complacent, those who are firmly convinced that it could never happen to them, so why should they get involved? One of my favourite sayings from the American writer and humorist H.L. Mencken, who is extremely perceptive, as well as being a great wit, is the following. For every difficult and complex question, there is an answer that is simple, easily understood, and wrong. Bad things happen to good people all the time, not because they deserve it. That would be the kind of answer that is simple, easily understood, and wrong. Nor is it because ours is a God who takes pleasure in dishing out punishment indiscriminately simply because he can. That too would be an answer that is simple, easily understood, and wrong. No, bad things happen to good people because the forces of nature are powerful forces and because the human capacity to disrupt and distort those forces, often with catastrophic, event, uh, with catastrophic results, is all too easy to see. And because the human capacity for cruelty and brutality is a terrible one. Suffering is a part of life, not because God takes delight in seeing us suffer, but because part of the glory and the wonder and the tragedy of human life is that we are weak and frail creatures who cannot always cope with the freedoms that are ours to enjoy. And also because sometimes terrible things just happen. The challenge for us is to acknowledge our weakness and our frailty and our need of God. And, rather like the fig tree in, in the parable that Jesus tells in our Gospel reading today, to do our very best to ensure that we bear such fruit as we can, while we can. And to know that when we do fail, as we all do from time to time, 
that we are nevertheless loved and accepted and forgiven endlessly, infinitely and profligately, for such is the nature of the boundless love of God. In the words of the prophet Isaiah from our first reading, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord that he may have mercy on them and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray for the courageous people of the Ukraine and their president, Volodymyr Zelensky, the voice of the nation, inspiring resilience, all the more admirable as he is neither a seasoned politician nor a power-hungry combatant. We pray for the fleeing children taking tiny toys for security, tucking them between warm clothes in school bags. They leave their childhood behind. Their mothers cannot hold their hands as their arms are encircling a baby. Fathers wave them goodbye. See you soon, promise the fathers, ruffling the children's hair while telling a lie. We pray for the injured, the maimed, the sick, the dying, the disabled, the frail, the elderly, the psychotic, the schizophrenic. Many cannot flee and live amongst the debris. 
We pray for the refugees struggling to complete the lengthy forms for entry into the UK. May we ease their passage. We pray that the peoples of the countries bordering the Ukraine, Moldova, Poland, Slovakia, Hungary, Romania, will be safe from invasion. Pray, may you take away, good Lord, the sin that corrupts Putin. Wash him thoroughly from his wickedness. May the devil in him not affect the future of the world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for all those working in the media who risk their lives and brave the bitter cold and bombs to bring us news of life on the ground. We thank those who bring us news through social media. We pray for the journalists reporting from Russia in fear of persecution. Thinking of our nation, we pray for those for whom the rise in the rate of inflation means they will depend for their sustenance on food banks, turn off the radiators, limit their purchase of the bare necessities, such as toothpaste and soap, struggle to buy clothes and shoes for their growing children. We are not in a state of conflict. We are a wealthy nation. We pray for the children who are suffering from poor mental health, self-harming and suicidal, and cannot access help. Some feel curled up in a prison cell. But we are not in a state of conflict. We are a wealthy nation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our Christian community, we pray for our congregation, our visitors online and beside us, Alison, Jeff, those preparing for confirmation, our Sunday Club children, their leaders, the pupils of King Edward's school, our choir, our organist, Matthew Morley, our director of music, Robert Jones, our vergers, our staff. We pray for Claire's daughter, Lydia, and husband-to-be Paul, wishing the couple a happy marriage. Inspired by our poet laureate Simon Armitage's poem Resistance, we pray for miracles that you, Heavenly Father, can turn bullets into birds and cluster bombs into flocks, that the sound of the church bells ringing will be signs of hope, that peace will reign and pairs of white doves will fly high in the sky. Merciful Father, accept, accept these, these prayers, prayers for the, the sake of your Son, our, our Saviour, Saviour Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us access to his grace. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness, we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood, who in the same night that he was betrayed took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith, with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, 
trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercy. We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table, but you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Amen. Let us pray. Merciful Lord, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the world, the flesh, and the devil, 
and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. to grow in holiness, to deny yourselves, take up your cross and follow him, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.